All right, let's talk about it. Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. Kevin Durant has requested a trade, which is um, not what I expected to see today, not what I wanted to see today. And it's one of those things that, like, I know exactly where I was. I mean, it happened today. But I feel like 10 years down the line, I'm going to remember where I was exactly when I saw that uh, notification that he requested a trade. And honestly, I thought it was a joke at first. But I was like, wait, I have the notifications on for Woj. This can't be a joke. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, nothing has changed. Like, three hours later, it's still not a joke. It's not April 1st. Um, it's, it seems like Kevin Durant really does want out of the Brooklyn Nets with four years left on his contract. And I have reached a point with this Nets team where I am sick and tired of it. I have followed this team, unfortunately, right after their two finals appearances. So the most I've seen from the Nets as a Nets fan was the second round of the playoffs. And that happened three times. It was like 07 versus the Cavs, the one year against Toronto in 2013. And then the second round versus the Bucks a couple years ago that they should have won, but injuries. But yeah, I have not seen much, many great things as a Nets fan. And this is like that final straw that really pushes me over the top. And like, I'm going to love this team until the day I die. Same thing with the Giants, the Yankees, as much as they piss me off. But this has reached a point where I am so frustrated, I might end up cursing a lot on this podcast, I don't know, but I I am so just done with this team based on what they have done, even the past year. You look at what the Nets have been through the past year to get to this point, and it is unbelievable. At this point last season, they were NBA Finals favorites going into a pivotal offseason. They have a terrible offseason. They lose James Harden. They bring in Ben Simmons, who doesn't play. And now they're in a realistic possibility to lose James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving in a span of six or seven months. You can't make this up. And this comes... Literally a year ago, less than a year ago, our GM said, or pretty much guaranteed, that Kevin Durant, who, yes, he did re-sign with the Nets, but Kyrie Irving and James Harden were going to be re-signed on extensions with the Brooklyn Nets. He said it was signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm pretty sure is the way Sean Marks, the Nets GM, worded that. And here we are, just a year later, less than a year later, and it looks like there's a possibility, a real possibility, that none of those three guys are going to be on the Nets roster opening night for the 2022-23 season. It is an absolute joke, and we're going to rant about it. We're going to talk about it. The Nets traded a first-round pick for Royce O'Neal, that Sixers first-round pick they got back for 2023 from the James Harden trade, got flipped for 29-year-old Royce O'Neal, who I like as a player, but why? Now you're going to make that trade? Like the it, it happened like literally minutes after the Kevin Durant trade request, so I don't know. This franchise is very confusing and frustrating, and we'll see where this podcast goes, but hopefully you guys enjoy Leave a like and let's get into it. I had to put a hat on. I had no idea how bad my hair looked. Sorry about that. Anyway, so Kevin Durant, for those who don't know, signed an extension with the Nets. Four years, almost $200 million. He signed that in August of 2021. So this past August hasn't even been a year. A four-year extension. So Kevin Durant has a four-year deal that has not even started yet. And he's already requesting a trade. Kevin Durant spoke very, very fondly about this Nets organization in March. That was post the James Harden trade. That was during or right around the time Kyrie Irving was still dealing with the vaccination stuff with the Nets and wasn't allowed to play at home. I think right around that time he was allowed to. But still, the Nets were pretty much a mess at that point. But Kevin Durant, in an article, and I think it was on Yes Network as well, they showed it during the game. I think it was a game against the Jazz, like 
a home game they won, I believe. I don't know. But they showed all these quotes of Kevin Durant saying really positive things about the Nets organization, about the fan base and building something here for the next, you know, three, four years. And then he requests a trade. And you're like, what could have happened from March this past March, three, four months ago, to now, and it's not even July yet, what could have happened from then to now to get Kevin Durant, who once again has four years left on his contract, to want to get out of Brooklyn? And really, the main culprit is the Nets front office and ownership. I understand getting swept by the Celtics does not help, but that's also part of ownership. You can't control that Ben Simmons was injured or James Harden forced his way out and some of the other things. Joe Harris, you know, getting the ankle surgery twice. I mean, I guess that was partially their fault because I, I don't know maybe they could have done the surgery right the first time I don't know but anyway the problem was that the Nets and Kevin Durant apparently had no communication for a long time we saw that tweet that came out I think it was around I don't know maybe a couple weeks after the Nets season ended that Kevin Durant and the Nets front office had no communication and I kind of like brushed it off I was like all right you know Kevin Durant's overseas with Mike James catching some uh, games over there and doing some other stuff I don't really think he cares about the Nets front office right now and all that there's a lot of time left until the offseason actually starts but here we are finding out now that apparently there still has been no communication between Kevin Durant and the Nets front office and same goes for Kyrie Irving and speaking of Kyrie Irving I'm sure all the casuals the Kyrie haters the ESPN people the Stephen A. Smiths out there they're gonna want to blame Kyrie Irving for why all this happened and yeah he, he's part of the blame I get all that I think everyone has a you know a piece of the blame here of course we can go down the list one day when this is all said and done of why this happened and why the Nets uh you know failed super team happened but I mean Kevin Durant apparently still wants to play with Kyrie Irving, and I do fully believe that. Those guys are still friends. Kevin Durant said on his podcast, the friendship is still there regardless of what Kyrie decides to do. And as Nets fans, we had about two and a half days of normalcy, which is really not what we, you know, we don't get that too often. That was when Kyrie Irving opted into his contract, I think Monday afternoon, or maybe it was Tuesday. And now we're here on a Thursday, and we find out that Kevin Durant wants to get out of here. So it was like two or three days max that we had some normal scene felt good as Nets fans. We were focused on the offseason and signing some guys we need, some wing players, whether it was Otto Porter, the, the Martin brothers, whoever, uh, talking about a John Collins trade. And then we get this bomb dropped on us that Kevin Durant wants to get out of here. And look, I don't know if you're new to the NBA or whatever, but you, you kind of need superstars to win championships. And I saw like a BetMGM tweet. I think, it's, is it BetMG, BetMGM? I don't know. But one of those uh, betting accounts, they had the Nets as like plus 600 to win the finals coming into uh, this morning. And now they're like at plus 2,500. So look, I mean, this is not where you want to be. And I'm a Nets fan that, and I'm sure many of you guys who watch this as well are probably Nets fans for a while. We have been through some stuff. I mean, ever since this team moved to Brooklyn, it's been nothing but disappointment. They've had some decent teams, but just, you know, watching some 20-win seasons, a 12-70 and 70 season, seeing this team fail time after time after time, and then we finally just, like, strike gold. Like, we get Sean Marks, who was an awesome GM his first four years or so. And the Nets build up a team attractive enough for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to come here. We have to, you know, have Kevin Durant sit out his first year because of the Achilles injury. And then the whole COVID thing happened. But we were patient. 
you know, uh, Kyrie Irving only played 20 games that year because of his shoulder injury. So that first year was a wash, but we come into last season, now two seasons ago technically, and the Nets looked great. Yes, there were some guys in and out of the lineup. There were some injuries, of course, with, you know, uh, Harden's hamstring and KD had a hamstring issue, and I think Kyrie took his little absence for a bit. But for the most part, that Nets team in the 2020 and 2021 season was really good, and that was like our closest chance at a championship, and it really felt like that was the year until the injuries happened, but I still try to be optimistic because, hey, Kevin Durant was still just going to be 33 years old, Harden was 32, Kyrie was still 29. It was like, hey, we're going to have at least a few more seasons, two or three at least, to try and get this championship, and now it's pretty much all gone. Like, I know as a Nets fan, we are not winning a championship anytime soon. Like, no one's going to trade Kevin Durant and get full value in return. It's probably not going to happen. That's kind of why, honestly, I I didn't want to bring this up, but I will because some people like this take, some people don't. The Nets can really call Kevin Durant's bluff. They don't have to trade Kevin Durant. As I mentioned, KD has four years left. He's under contract till his age 37 season. You think Kevin Durant, a guy who loves basketball, pure hooper at heart, is going to sit out for four straight years? I don't think so. And the Nets have been pretty anti-player empowerment lately. They have showed that in the Kyrie Irving negotiations to not give in to Kyrie Irving and kind of make him pick up that player option. And they kind of showed that with James Harden too. Like they were not going to give in to James Harden. They traded him. So the Nets have not really given in to players too much recently. And I know that the most likely outcome sitting here right now is that Kevin Durant does in fact get traded, which still doesn't feel real. But the Nets can look at it from that perspective and say, all right, Kevin, we'll call your bluff. You want to sit out for four years and waste the rest of your NBA prime and the waste the rest of your basketball prime? Go ahead. They can do that. But that might not be the smartest move because Kevin Durant is a very, very valuable asset. I know he's 34 now. He's going to be 34 next year, but still a very, very valuable asset. So the Nets can look at it from the perspective of, well, we can flip Kevin Durant now and get some picks and get some good players in return, or they can call his bluff and see if he actually sits out and misses games next year because he no longer wants to play for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, it is also possible that the Kyrie Irving contract negotiation stuff really turned Kevin Durant off. And if the Nets did give Kyrie Irving that four or five year max deal, maybe Kevin Durant doesn't request a trade. I would find it hard to believe personally that if the Nets did sign Kyrie Irving to a max five year, four year deal, that we'd be here right now having this conversation. I think this pretty much happened. This was probably the final straw for Kevin Durant. When they when he saw how the Nets front office was handling the Kyrie Irving contract situation and pretty much did not give him the offer that that he felt he wanted or felt he deserved. Um, Kevin Durant probably saw that and said, I'm done with these guys. I don't want to play here anymore. I'm done with this front office. I'm done with this owner. And maybe that's what did it. Like if the Nets can go back in time just a week ago and give Kyrie Irving the max to avoid what just happened today with this Kevin Durant requesting a trade report, maybe they do it. Maybe they don't because the Nets seem very dopey right now. I mean, How do you have a guy like Kevin Durant, who's a top five basketball player on the planet, the face of your franchise, the best player the Nets have ever had in their franchise, you know, maybe Dr. J, I don't know, but still, 
one of the best players the Nets have had in their franchise's history. How do you not communicate with that guy if you're the Nets front office? How, if you're Sean Marks, do you not reach out to Kevin Durant and at least just check in on him and, and see how he's doing it and kind of get his input on where he wants his team to go in the offseason? Like, this is how it all started. It's like there's a lack of communication. We have an owner in Joe Sy who's only in his second year who has no idea what the hell he's doing, it seems like. And he's kind of getting cheap as well. I know the Nets have a big payroll right now, but if you haven't heard, the Nets could have been in a situation last year where when they got rid of Spencer Dinwiddie and let him go to the Wizards, they could have got Kyle Kuzma, but they did not want to pay more luxury tax. So if Joe Sia wasn't cheap, the Nets owner, they could have had Kyle Kuzma, who would have been an awesome piece for this Nets team last year based on the struggles they had finding wing players. So it's just stuff like that. It just it starts at the top, and that's how it works for most organizations. You can sit here and finger point at James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant all you want, but if Sean Marks and Joe Sy were better at their jobs, we probably would not be in this situation right now. Sean Marks, the Nets GM, I mentioned this you know earlier when I was doing the intro, had a terrible offseason last year. The Nets team was built on point guards and centers. There were no guys really between the heights of 6'5 and 6'10 that were 3 and D guys. The Nets did not have that. The only 3 and D guy the Nets had was a second round rookie out of Pepperdine named Kessler Edwards. And to rely on that guy to be your 3 and D guy on a championship competing level team, you can't have that. Right? The Nets, they tried to get Paul Millsap in. They brought Blake Griffin back. They brought LaMarcus Aldridge back. They were kind of washed and did not look that good. They traded for Javon Carter. They got rid of Landry Shamit, who is better than Javon Carter. Um, you know, They had a pretty good draft for the most part, but draft picks don't matter as much when you're competing for a championship. This Nets team was the favorite to win the finals, and we're out here bragging about our draft. The Nets didn't even have a high pick. Their, their first pick was like, I think Cam Thomas was pick number 26 or 27. So these were late first round picks. And like the only thing we can like look back on as Nets fans about last offseason positively was that the draft went pretty well. That's about it. Free agency was a complete bust. DeAndre Bembry, James Johnson. The Nets did just about nothing right last offseason. I know they can't control the Joe Harris injury. I know they don't control the vaccine mandate rules in New York, although it is kind of sus how once baseball season started, Steve Cohen apparently gave the owner of New York some money and lifted the whole mandate. I don't know why the Nets couldn't do that and bribe, um, you know, what's his name? Uh, something Adams, Mayor Adams, I'll call him. I forget his first name now. I want to call him Stephen Adams, but that's an NBA center. What the hell is his name? Eric Adams. I knew it was something Adams, but yeah. So like, why couldn't the Nets bribe Eric Adams sooner? Like he's a politician. They're going to take some money under the table. Like we know that if you want to pay for his, uh, for his next campaign, Campaign, I'm sure he would have taken that. Like Eric Adams, I don't really think cared that much if Kyrie Irving played at home or not. It was just the optics of it made no sense. We saw Kyrie sitting courtside that one game. Um, yeah, like a lot of stuff was stupid. So that, that's kind of out of the Nets' control for the most part, though. And like there's other injuries, the Ben Simmons stuff, the James Harden being disgruntled and kind of having this plan the entire time to crawl back to Daryl Morey and the Sixers. I mean, yeah. We know how it all went, and some of it was avoidable, some of it was not, but just Sean Marks being very bad at his job the past year or two, 
And Joe Sy, kind of like the owner Joe Sy, I think, was behind the whole Kyrie Irving thing. Like he did not want to give in to Kyrie Irving and give him that long-term deal. But if he did give Kyrie that long-term deal, maybe Kevin Durant does not request the trade and the Nets are still in a pretty good spot going into next year. And I'll admit as a Nets fan, I knew next year it might have been like the last chance or the last dance. I mean, I don't even want to compare us to that, but you know what I mean? Like there's just one more chance. Like I knew that there was a chance next year that Kyrie Irving walks there was a chance next year that Kevin Durant gets traded if the Nets have a down year in 2022 and 2023 so I'm like all right but at least we're gonna have one more shot with this core plus Ben Simmons to see where this Nets team goes next year and now we're not even gonna get it which is like terrible like we saw all the pictures edited of you know Kyrie Katie and Ben Simmons together we are not gonna see a single minute of those guys play together which is very disappointing unless the Nets do call Kevin Durant's bluff but we'll see about that so we are in this position now where it's like, I just can't even believe how it got here. Like just literally this morning, I was listening to a Nets podcast and I'm excited thinking about, man, if we can stay healthy this year, like this team's going to be good. This this could be a 50 something win team, maybe 60 if they all stay really healthy. You know, having Simmons, Kyrie, Ben, re-signing Claxton, Bruce Brown, getting Joe Harris back, getting a, you know a couple guys in free agency, like we're going to be good. And then you hear this, and it's like, oh, all right, we're going back to hell. Like, we're going to be like a 30-win team next year, and we don't have our draft picks because of the James Harden trade. Like, we are back to maybe what we used to be after the uh, Kevin Garnett-Paul Pierce trade. Like, it's it's not that bad yet, but it is trending in that direction. I have seen that movie before, and I think as all Nets fans know, we have PTSD from that situation. So if you're a Rockets fan, big W for you guys. I don't know if a Rockets fan would be watching this, but like, this is big for the Rockets fans out there because if the Nets bottom out, that is awesome for the Rockets who pretty much have our picks until 2027. And this is why myself and a lot of Nets fans had problems with how the Nets negotiated the Kyrie Irving situation. When you piss off NBA superstars, they could be gone in a blink of an eye. As I'm trying to check my phone here for like these um, NBA tweets as free agency starts. Isaiah Hartenstein went to the Knicks. Oh, that's a guy I kind of wanted. Old Depot back to the Heat. Um, you don't mess around with superstars. You know Kevin Durant, who's under contract for four seasons, loves, I don't know if he loves, but really likes Kyrie Irving as a person, as a basketball player. They get along. And once again, Kevin Durant, top five player in the league. You do everything in your power to make that man happy. I don't know how much Kevin Durant was behind the James Harden trade. Obviously, that just backfired. It did not work out. But just because it didn't work out for him the first time, it doesn't mean you can just not listen to Kevin Durant anymore and just shun him and not even like ask for his opinion or, or try to make him happy. Because once that happens... These superstars know that 29 other teams want them. I mean, maybe not in Kyrie's case because he's a special case. And obviously the market was not that hot for Kyrie Irving. But for Kevin Durant, he knows that every other team in this league wants me. Why the hell should I be here where ownership doesn't even talk to me? The GM doesn't even care about what I think anymore. Like, I get it from that perspective. Am I a little annoyed that Kevin Durant wants out because of this? I mean, yeah. I mean, there was a reason I didn't like Kevin Durant with Golden State. I thought it was a soft move. But obviously, when he joined the Nets, I was going to love him. Same thing with James Harden. I didn't like him in Houston. Now, I, you know, I not now, but I did love James Harden last year. So these things happen. Like, you know, even Ben Simmons, I didn't like in Philly. So now I have to like him too. Um, you know, it's just like, I don't understand how ownership thought they were going to one-up these guys. It's like, no, your team is ran by superstars. That, like, that, that's the... 
that's the downside of having a young, not a young owner, but like a new NBA owner. As I mentioned, Joe Sai is only in his second year, if that, as a Nets owner, um, getting rid of Prokhorov, the Russian guy, or he he wanted out, so he's gone, but um, kind of miss him now. But, you know, even Sean Marks coming from that Spurs organization where obviously having Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, not much noise as compared to what's going on here with these guys. It was like, you know, maybe Sean Marks thinks, oh, this is not Spurs-like. Let's go back to that and wants to get the personalities out of here. I don't know. I really don't know what direction the Nets want to go. And as I mentioned like last podcast or two podcasts ago, I get, I can understand the rebuilding route if you still had your first-round picks. But the fact that our first-round picks are in Houston and mostly pick swaps you can't go the whole rebuilding route now. Like, they're probably going to keep Ben Simmons to build around, who's still 25, 26. I get that, of course, but even he's coming off back surgery, so that's not a sure thing. But when you traded all those picks to Houston, you have to capitalize on this window of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as much as possible. I know Kyrie is a headache. I know Kyrie Irving ruffles some feathers with certain fans and maybe certain people in the locker room, but I don't think that. Uh, Maybe certain coaches, maybe certain people in the front office, but Kyrie Irving undoubtedly is a top 20, I would say top 15, and even on some nights, a top 10 player in the NBA, and you're going to let that go. You're going to let that go and Kevin Durango, who I know has had some problems staying healthy, but man, when he's on, he is great. He's top five. I know he's coming off a horrendous playoff series versus Boston, but there was not much the Nets can do in that series because they were so undersized. So the Nets front office and Sean Marks, they wanted to play hardball with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, one of his best friends, and it backfired. They did this to themselves. It is hard for me to sit here and feel any type of you know, sympathy, pity for this front office or, you know, even Joe Sy, the owner. I, I don't feel bad for them. The only people I feel bad for are the, you know, diehard Nets fans, people like myself who sat through years of crap and, and watched these horrible Nets teams of, you know, sitting down and watching 75 plus games of Thomas Robinson and, you know, Sean Kilpatrick being our second best player at one point, Donald Sloan, like, there was one year I made my parents get direct TV in, in one uh, one of our rooms because, yes, Network was off of Comcast for that one year, and the Nets were like 20 and 60 that year. I mean, like, just the lengths we go to follow this team, and I'm still going to watch them next year. That's how we are as, as fans. We're nutty people, but, like, this is how they repay us. Like, we when Kevin Durant... Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan sign here, and the clean sweep happened, which ironically was three years ago today, June 30th, 2019. I looked at that as like, okay, KD's out for the first year, Achilles injury. I mean, I thought maybe he could have came back late in the season if things were fine, but COVID hit, so it didn't matter. But I was like, this is going to be a four-plus-year window to win an NBA Finals or, or compete for one. And just two years into this, we're pretty much done. The Nets only had one legitimate shot, in my opinion. This past year does not count. With James Harden getting traded and Simmons not playing and Joe Harris being out, it was going to be very, very difficult for the Nets to win a title this year. Like, I, I know that. And even like the people that blame the entire season on Kyrie Irving don't get the big picture. Let's say Kyrie got the vaccine and he played in 60-plus games this year and the Nets, as a result, were like a top-four seed. Um, you're, they, the Nets probably still would have had James Harden, who I don't really want to have right now. He is just not the type of guy I want to hitch my wagon to when he's due for a contract and the way he takes care of his body recently. I, I'm kind of happy Harden's gone. I, it's pretty sad how it went. But 
you know, what I was getting to, if Kyrie plays and the Nets were a top four seed, maybe they get past round one. Maybe they get an easy matchup with the Bulls, or maybe they play Toronto, but they had the whole vaccination stuff anyway. Let's just say that the Nets played one of those two teams, Toronto, Chicago. They beat them in round one. You really think the Nets with this supporting cast was going to get past the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, a team like the Heat? Like, they were not getting that far. The team was flawed coming into the season when the Nets had no role players, you know, around these guys. Patty Mills was great the first half of the year, but like the Nets were too undersized to compete with Milwaukee, compete with Boston. It didn't matter if, you know, obviously Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were healthy for every game in the Celtics series. Even if they had James Harden, were they going to beat those teams? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even think so. I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't even think so, especially if Joe Harris was out, you know, with the injury, which that really doesn't matter if, you know, you can go back. You can't really go back and change that. It just, it happens. So, that's my point. I'm not going to sit here and put 100% of the blame on Kyrie for not getting a shot when Sean Marks, the offseason prior, couldn't build a damn basketball team. They were this close. They needed a few more, a couple more pieces to, to get to this NBA championship potentially. I know the vaccine thing threw off every plan possible, but letting Jeff Green go, trading Landry uh, Shamit, and making every type of wrong decision this past offseason, that's on Sean Marks and that's GM. That is part of the reason they are in this position right now. And the fact that they cut off communication with Kevin Durant and pushed him to this decision now, after all the nice things he said about the Nets uh, organization just a few months ago, I put a lot of this on the Nets front office, honestly. This was a quote from Kevin Durant. It was an article that was released on New York Post. Um, this was March 21st, 2022. Just a little over like three or four months ago, whatever the hell it is. Not that long ago. And once again, this is post-James Harden trade. This is during the Kyrie Irving vaccine saga, right? Like th there's some stuff going on with the Nets that is not good. Kevin Durant says, I signed here for five years to play. Obviously, this year is important, but no matter what happens this year, I still want to do it again and again. I want to continue to play, have this group together as long as we can. And now four months later, he, he's gone. He wants to get out of here. How do you go from this to that is my question. This was another Kevin Durant quote from March. I'm not guaranteeing that we got a championship, but I just like what we're building, the 33-year-old said. And I'm not going to say this is the only year we've got an opportunity to fight and work towards something. I don't think next year, which, you know, is the next season, I don't think next year we've got to start all over and try to figure out what's the next uh, iteration of the Nets. Like, Kevin Durant was bought in. Like, you, you had him. Like, Kevin Durant was bought in with this team. And then you just threw it all away because you just wanted to be like petty and cut off communication and not give Kyrie uh, Irving an extension. Like, it's just like you had it. It was right there. And I get that bringing Kevin Durant back and Kyrie back, it wasn't a guarantee to win a championship. I know that. Like, I get that. But at least they could have competed for one. They would have been one of the top five most likely teams to win a, a finals the next few years if they had that core. But now you're just throwing it all away. You're not going to get the assets back for Kyrie and Kevin Durant to keep the Nets in the finals conversation. I just don't see it happening. If, if, the, if the Nets somehow do that, good for them. I'm happy about that. But I just don't see how it's possible. The Nets' most likely path to a championship was keeping Durant, keeping Irving, and signing a few good free agents this offseason. That was the best path at it, right? Filling in some needs, getting a stretch five, getting a couple wing guys, getting a, a backup point guard. Like, that's what they needed, and they could have ran it back with uh, mostly the same core, adding Ben Simmons, of course, re-signing Bruce and, and Clax, and, and see what happens next year. But now we're not even going to see that. 
because of this front office. So, no, I'm not going to sit here and completely blame Kyrie. He's not blameless. You can blame Harden. You can blame a lot of people once again. But it's just ridiculous that it got to this point and that the Nets, who in my lifetime have never been this good. Like the Nets team that I watched two years ago now, 2020, 2021, that was the best Nets team I ever watched. And like they were barely healthy for the, like at all. Like the only time we really saw the Nets together for a stretch with the big three um, when Harden, Durant, and Kyrie were playing together was the Boston Celtics series where they pretty much almost swept them, but it took like a 50-point Tatum game to uh, you know losing five games and not four. The Nets were dominant that year, and that, that should have been their year. It's very unfortunate. There's a reason why I still have, you know, thoughts about that Bucks series and what if Kyrie didn't get hurt? What if James Harden took his, uh, you know, hamstring rehab seriously? Because there was a story that came out that um, James Harden did not take his uh, rehab seriously for his hamstring, and, of course, he re-injured it uh, two other times on separate occasions. So I give Harden credit for having the balls to come back and, and play with a, a grade two hamstring strain, but it never should have got to that point if he just took it seriously. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a whole, there, there should be a whole 30 for 30 series on this Nets team and how they, they could have had this potential dynasty and just threw it all away. So, I mean, it's it's going to be something. So, um, it's not a surprise. I've seen it all since being a fan of this team with the whole Darren Williams thing, you know, trading a bunch of uh, picks, not picks, but, you know, just taking back the Joe Johnson contract, the Dwight Howard saga, the Carmelo Anthony drama. The Dwight Mare, I think we called it with Dwight Howard. It was the Dwight Mare and melodrama, we called it. So I've been through it all with this team. Getting Pierce and Garnett, watching Pierce depart after a year, you know, watching Kevin Garnett washed up, trying to, you know, trash talk some guys and, and stay relevant um, in his late 30s. Like, I, I've seen it all with this team. And now this core of three guys that were in their prime that are great, great, great offensive players. And they were 13-3 and three together, but they could never stay on the floor together. And it's just, it's just sad. So, um, yeah, anyway, free agency has started. The Nets traded for Royce O'Neal. Um, cool. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I like Royce once again, but it is hard to get excited for anything right now uh, pertaining to the Nets. So, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know if the Nets are actually going to trade Kevin Durant, but it's, it's trending that way. So, we're going to see. I'll definitely have a reaction when it happens, but... I hope they can somehow get a, a fair um, return for him or get a, a ton of picks from somebody. I don't know. But I just don't want to get fleeced. You know, if the Nets do get like 60 cents on the dollar for Kevin Durant, that's going to be tough to uh, to deal with. So we're going to see what happens. But, yeah, I didn't mention Patty Mills opted out of his player option, which was a bit surprising. But now knowing the Kevin Durant news, it's not that surprising. So Patty Mills is a unrestricted free agent. So whatever. I didn't really care if he was back anyway. So doesn't matter but it's going to be very interesting is the word a lot of people have used and I agree that um of what the Nets will do in this free agency there's not much they can do but if they move on from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving you're saving money there so we'll see I, I don't know what the Nets plan is I really genuinely have no freaking clue but better be something good because it might be a rough couple years ahead or maybe more than a couple Joe Sy, the owner once again is a guy who once had a quote saying winning is my religion I, I don't know if he stands by that anymore, but um, we are not going to be trending towards a lot of winning if you let a top five player on the planet walk and another top 15 player on the planet go. So I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I'm trying to see like what big news has happened here. It's 617 now on Thursday. Um, of course, free agency has started. Javon Carter back to Milwaukee. Good for him. Um, nothing Nets related, I don't think. Wesley Matthews, Milwaukee. 
Tyus Jones with Grizzlies again. Daniel House went to the 76ers. I think the Nets were kind of in rumors with him, but he goes back to join James Harden, and P.J. Tucker went there as well. Bobby Portis back to the Bucks. Anthony Simons got an extension. I mean, yeah, nothing Nets-related here, so... We'll see. I mean, they have some money to spend, not much, but we'll see what happens with our Brooklyn Nets. But just, yeah, just an awful day overall. Um, as I said, this morning I was pretty optimistic about this team for next year, but silly me. I should have known what was coming. So anyway, that'll do it. Hopefully everyone enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.